When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. That's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. You're listening to Bookmarked, a young adult book podcast brought to you by bookstacked.com. This is episode 35, and in this episode, we're taking a look back at 2019. We've got that coming up, so stay with us. I tell you guys something about this morning. I went and got a haircut, and the person who cut my hair looked like Luna Lovegood, like Ivana <laughs> from the movies. But she also talked like Luna Lovegood. Oh! And then she told me her name, and it was Luna, and I was just kind of freaked out. So I saw I saw your tweet about that. But I was I was trying to think of a funny reply, but. Nothing seemed to come me. I was thinking, are you, are you sure you didn't dream this? Are you sure Not, you were yeah, at like, the Warner Brothers studio? No, no, it was totally real. I was like, what the heck? And she was really cool and awesome, so I gave her a good tip. Um, <laughs> are you like, really, what are the odds? What was are that? You, are you like sure that she? It's not just like she looks like Luna, so she like made her voice sound like Luna and said her name was Luna because that's way too much of a coincidence to not, like, play with that a little bit. It's very possible. I didn't feel comfortable asking her, like, <laughs> is that actually your name? You know, it just didn't <laughs> seem very appropriate. So, anyway, let's start with the show. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 35. It's kind of crazy. Every time we reach, like, a five... Mm. Units, I feel like we've come so far. <laughs> Even though it's taken us like four years to get to 35. <laughs> but still, episode 35. Um, and yeah, let's just go ahead and introduce everybody who's here. First, we have Mary. Hi, guys. We have Michael. Hi. Addie. Hi, guys. And we have somebody new with us. We have Spencer. Spencer, how are you doing? Really good and happy to be here. Awesome. Spencer joined the Booksack team, I think it was a few months ago. It was just over the summer, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and maybe something interesting that we don't know about you? Oh, um, let's see. Uh, a little bit about me. I am, I live in Canada, so I live in Alberta. Um, I am a university student at the University of Calgary where I get, where I got to study young adult literature as part of my coursework, which was really cool. And right now, um, I'm student teaching. So I want to be a high school English teacher. Um, so this week I got to spend the weekend, like teaching all week long. 
And sure, a fun fact that happened there is all the students call me Mr. Harry Potter right now because I have these round glasses that I wear. <laughs> so that's been lots of fun. That makes me happy. Cheers me up. <laughs> yeah, we can see that in the in the <laughs> webcam. Uh, the listeners won't be able to, but we can confirm he's got round glasses. <laughs> that's so cool. I think the first, I think that's kind of how I first met you. We met on Twitter a while ago, and I think you had tweeted something about like a study or a paper that either you had written or you were sharing about YA literature. And I remember thinking, that's so cool that people study YA books. Yeah, it's been really cool. Um, I've got to work with uh, Professor Derek Mason, just to give him a shout out, who's doing young adult literature as a research assistant. And we were just like compiling lists of YA books and doing all this stuff. So it was kind of a, a little dream come true. It felt really surreal that I was getting paid or I got to do work with young adult literature. So that was awesome. No, I was just going to say on the, Topic of studying YA, we kind of we we done one sort of YA-ish book in my university, and after like everyone in the class had read it and privately, and everyone loved it, and we were talking about it before the class started, and the teacher came in and kind of admitted that the only reason he brought it to the class was because he hated it so much and wanted <laughs> to spend two hours like tearing this book apart. <laughs> and I've never seen a class of students leaving just feeling so dejected about a class because the teacher had just tore apart the, the one book pretty much that we all universally enjoyed. That's just kind of cruel. <laughs> so I think I would have preferred a class more based on it. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of intru- like curious, like what are some of the things that you study or go over in a YA book class? You know, like what what sort of subjects? I'm sure there's like a lot of different angles you can go at it, right? But what are some of the things you've seen? Yeah, it was a, um, well, kind of a genre study. So like getting familiar with the genre, the history of YA, like the tropes, the conventions that are used, some of the prominent authors. We also just talked a lot about adolescence and adolescent theory. And so like what are the experiences that are unique to teenagers and how do those things get expressed in literature? Um, so it was a really interesting class, one of the best classes I ever took. We got to read a bunch of fun stuff. Um, like we read The Outsiders. We read Grasshopper Jungle. We read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Um, you know, we read a bunch of fun books. So it was a good class, good time. That's so cool. I feel like we could pretty much do an episode where you could just pick your brain or you could just tell us something really interesting about YA. <laughs> we might have to do that sometime in the future if you're up for it. Yeah, so but for this episode, we're going to keep it simple. We obviously the last several months have not put a lot out there. And, of course, that's completely my fault. <laughs> but I think uh, there's just been a lot of stuff going on in people's lives. I know I had a few, like, major life changes <laughs> in the last several months. So, but anyway, let's go into our normal segment. What are you reading? So, Michael, do you want to kick us off? What have you been reading? Uh, well, as my article the other day talked about, I've kind of been struggling with keeping going with things. But I'm currently reading... It's not YA, but it's like a higher fantasy, uh, The Eye of the World, the first book from the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, which is, it's been taking me a while to read it, but I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of different, something that I wouldn't usually go straight for. Uh, But I've also been audiobooking the Harry Potter series, so I'm about a quarter of the way through Order of the Phoenix right now, and that's been pretty fun. That's neat. In your defense, I think it takes a lot of people a lot of time to get through the Wheel of Time. 
Oh, well, yeah. I think I'm, I'm reading it on Kindle, so it tells me, so I've constantly been keeping up to date with my percentage. I've been in, like, the 60% for, like, three weeks. And that's me only in the first book, so... I think it's 14 books all in, so I might be here for a while. So Get used <laughs> to hearing 14. me talking about that. I actually just read a book that um, was talking about the Wheel of Time series, so I find that really, really cool. Part of me has wondered if I should pick it up, but it's just like the commitment to read 14 books. Has anybody else here tried that? I've done 20 five books, I think, of a series in one summer, and that wasn't including the three prequels. <laughs> Holy crap. Wait, what What was that? What it's, series? It's called the Alice series by Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. It's just basically like this girl named Alice um, who's the protagonist, and like every three to four months it's a book, and it's just her adolescence from age, I think, 11 or 12 to 18, and then the last book is when she's 18 to 65, so. Dang. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. I once interviewed an author, it was about a year ago, and she was writing a book series, and she told me that when it was done, there would be 80 books in the series. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I liked your face, Addy, your reaction. <laughs> no, I was pretty stunned. I remember I had to tell her, you don't mean 18? Like 80? <laughs> no, Even 18 is super... excessive. Yeah, but they like so like crazy. She was a self-published author and she was doing like, yeah, 80 books, releasing a ton of them in a single year. They were like Scottish time travel romances. And uh, she does really well for herself. <laughs> It's pretty insane. Well, that's cool that you're reading that, Michael. Uh, how about you, Mary? So, I didn't mean to do this, but I'm in the middle of three books right now. <laughs> um, I didn't mean it to be three books, but it's The Tyrant's Tomb by Rick Riordan. It's uh, The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. And it's this book called Extraordinary Dogs, which is, like, all about rescue dogs and like comfort dogs and all these like amazing stories of dogs. <laughs> That's pretty cool. How's the Rick Riordan one? I stopped after Heroes of Olympus because I, I feel like there are so many. Yeah, there are so many. Um, I'm only like 30 pages into it. So like, I can't really tell you much about it, but I don't know. It's really... It's a little bit slow right now, but I'm only 30 pages into it, so maybe it'll pick up. What about you, Spencer? What have you been reading? Um, I've been reading a lot for school right now, so what I'm reading in my personal time, just trying to keep it light, having fun. So I was, I've been rereading um, Let It Snow after watching the Netflix adaptations, like the John Green, Maureen Johnson, Laura Miracle book. So that's been fluffy and fun and sweet. Um, and then I've been reading the Giant Days graphic novel series. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of that one, but that one's also been um, really fun. It's about these three girls who are in university. So it's kind of, I mean, it's still very YA, but that one's just a lot of fun, and I laugh at my own university experiences when I read it, so I'm enjoying that. That's pretty neat. Who does those? What's their names? Uh, there's a couple authors who work on it. John Allison, Max Saren, and Liz Fleming. So, yeah. 
And I, I think there's a novelization of it, too, at this point. I've seen, like, a big, chunky novel in the bookstore I'm going to have to read one day, so, yeah. That's interesting. I feel like usually novels go to graphic novel, not graphic novel to novel. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's been really successful and popular. So, yeah, it went from graphic novel to novel, which I thought was cool, too. Yeah. What about you, Addie? What have you been reading? I finished reading The Host. Oh. Oh. The Host is one of those books that I honestly forgot existed. Until. I think it's brought up. <laughs> I actually really liked that book. Like, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I, I liked it. What about I the movie? I did, loved... did anybody see the movie? I did. I saw the movie. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was good. I remember seeing the trailer and it didn't look good to me. <laughs> Honestly, I think for like the amount of content that there's in the book, the movie did a pretty good job adapting Definitely. the written material to like as a visual form. Yeah, because that's a big book. It is. Like I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I remember getting that book the day it came out, and I think it took me about ten years to finish it. <laughs> I'm being completely serious. <laughs> I did finish it, but it took me like 10 years, literally. I think it was like a decade. (laughs) I probably never would have picked up the book, though, if I hadn't found a girl in freshman choir. No, it was freshman Spanish class who had all these Twilight buttons on her, like, book bag. So I started talking Twilight with her, and she mentioned the host. So the only reason I picked up the host was because this girl who loved Twilight mentioned the host. <laughs> I think the reason I picked it up was because Stephanie Meyer had written it, and it was like when I was like my post Twilight days. Yeah. And I and so I went home and I think I looked it up and it had like decent reviews. I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> and I picked it up and then, yeah, it's one of my favorites actually. Yeah, I kind of miss those days with Twilight was really big, just <laughs> for nostalgic reasons. <laughs> wow. We were talking yeah. about Twilight in um, class yesterday and with the high schoolers in one of the English classes I was teaching. We were talking mm-hmm. about, like, love at first sight. So I made a Twilight uh. reference, the imprinting, <laughs> and I didn't know if they were going to get it, and half the class was like, oh, yeah. So I was happy they're still <laughs> still picking it up these days. Still I, relevant. Yeah. <laughs> it's just slightly relevant, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully no, it's we all don't good. have any, like, technical difficulties, because oh, every time yeah. we mention Twilight... Something it was, goes wrong. It was just us three. Remember that time where we just went off on this like ten minute Twilight rant? I forgot yeah. Twilight was the book we weren't supposed to name. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one we don't name because then like either the call drops or it freezes or something echoes or just something technically like technically goes wrong. With but the- we we did learn that Taylor Swift counteracts that if we mention Taylor Swift. That's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and I are happy with that, agree- with that arrangement. Well, let's see. I am reading... Oh, yeah. I had to think about it for a moment. I'm reading Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, which is not YA, as she has very kindly reminded people a lot <laughs> lately, but has made a lot of buzz in the YA world. It's kind of a controversial book. I'm not super far into it yet, so I haven't reached all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, interesting so far. Cool. Well, uh, for this episode, we figured we'd do the end of the year book tag, which is like something that kind of circulates through booktube a lot. 
Um, again, we're just trying to keeping it simple. Uh, normally, we would do a new segment the second half of the episode, but we're not going to be doing that this time. We're just going to go into end of the year book tag, and we will do that right after this quick commercial break. Looking for something to listen to after this podcast is over? We always suggest reading a book. And what better way to consume books than with Audible? In the subway or in the car, when you're mowing the lawn or doing dishes, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You can always catch up on your TBR list with an audiobook. And for listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Audible selections includes books like Victoria Aveyard's Red Queen series and Tomi Ediemi's Children of Blood and Bone. Again, go to audibletrial.com slash bookstacked for your free audiobook. And don't forget that even if you quit the trial, you get to keep the book. Okay, end of the year book tab. Again, this came from BookTube. I think the channel it originated from is Books and Lala. That's what I saw other BookTube channels reference. And I don't know who this BookTuber is, but uh, I'm going to thank her for providing the questions. Uh, one thing, though, we're adding two questions to this book tag. First was, what was your favorite book of 2019? And then what was your favorite TV or movie adaptation you saw this year? Uh, so we're going to do those two first. So yeah, what was the best book you all read from 2019? I think for me, it's probably The Rise of Kiyoshi, which is an Avatar The Last Airbender spinoff. And I'm probably biased because <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender is one of my all-time favorite things. So, um, <laughs> I can't blame you. Yeah, so good. Wait, did anybody else here read Rise of Kiyoshi? I didn't read it, but I want to. I highly recommend it. So good. Same, yeah. So, so good. I was completely blown away and sucked in in a way that I haven't been sucked into a book in ages. <laughs> but again, I'm pretty sure I'm biased because I'm just like in love with that world. But anyway, yeah, what are some of the books that you guys read this year or that you absolutely loved? Yeah, of 2019 releases, I, I'm i looking way back, and just because I don't want to forget to say it, uh, On the Come Up by Angie Thomas was oh, yeah. um, was awesome. I mean, I think I also might be a little bit biased because I got to meet her on her book tour. So, like, I have I met her when I bought that book and got it signed. So that was just an awesome experience. But uh, it held up for me and was just, like, a proof that uh, The Hate You Give wasn't just, like, a one-hit wonder. It's like, no, Angie Thomas is a really good writer. So it makes me excited for whatever she's doing next. And I'm glad to hear that Angie Thomas has still got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I probably should have added that into my list as well. I really loved that. I think at the time uh, I mentioned that, like, The Hate You Give was a certain kind of five-star and On The Come Up was a different kind. Like, it's, they kind of have similar themes and similar aspects, but it's a really good book as well. I really recommend that. Well, that's cool that you got to meet her, though, and talk to her. Yeah, it was a really, yeah, it was just like an assigning, but it was actually really funny. Um, I went with a friend of mine, um, and just because it was a busy event, they only let us get like one book signed per person, and he wasn't as big of a fan as I was, so he made a big sacrifice and wrote down on his paper that his name was Spencer, so that I could get like two <laughs> books signed. <laughs> so it was funny, because then when we got to the front, um, Angie Thomas was like, Oh wow, it's so sweet. Your friends and you're both named Spencer. And I didn't want to lie, so we just went along with it. And we're like, yeah, it just happened that way. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. 
Mary, what have you been or what have you been reading? I'm so used to asking that question. What was your favorite book of 2019? Mm, I think I would recommend a book that I just finished earlier this week, which is called Waiting for Tom Hanks by um Carrie Winfrey. Especially if you're like a hopeless romantic and um like love rom coms. It's just about this girl who absolutely like is a hopeless romantic due to her mother and consistently watching rom-coms. So she's like waiting for her perfect man who she claims is Tom Hanks because <laughs> 90s rom-coms tend to include Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. And the other question we had was, what was your favorite TV and or movie adaptation you saw this year? And off the top of my head, like I know there were several. But I don't think I saw like any of them except for his Dark Materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I was kind of thinking similar to that as well. Like, yeah. I can't really think of that many. Like that came out that were a big deal. I think yeah. the only one really that was in that scene was Looking for Alaska. Mm-hmm. Which I loved that. I'll be honest. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was great. Yeah, I'll second what Michael just said. Looking for Alaska, um, I mean, I'm a big uh, John Green fanboy, so I was probably going to love it regardless. Um, But I was, I mean, I was like really worried after waiting for this adaptation so long that it wouldn't be good. So I was pretty critical of it, and I was pretty, like, I was blown away. I was really impressed by the adaptation. It was everything I wanted an adaptation to be, like, and I love that it was TV instead of a movie. Like, I think it needed that time, and it, uh, like, I love that it was it was very, very true to the book. And then they also added so much to it that actually, like, it's rare when they add something to an adaptation that I enjoy it. Um, but I was so into it. Everything that they added, I thought was well done. So that one impressed me. The Let It Snow adaptation on Netflix was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, I'm watching the His Dark Materials adaptation as well. Um, I never read the the book series, so I'm coming into it just, like, fresh. And I'm enjoying it so far. So. I think it's been a good year for YA television anyways. Yeah, well, that's one thing I've noticed for sure. And I think it kind of started last year, too, was YA, like, just adaptations, they seem to be going more toward TV. Beforehand, it was books or or, uh, movies, right? Uh, But now they all seem to be on TV. And I did, my experience with His Dark Materials so far has been, I feel like it's just, like, very slow. Like mm-hmm. most of the time I'm just waiting for it to get to the good stuff. And there are a couple of strange, awkward acting moments. Um there's a moment where Lord Azriel like screams at a kid yelling, <laughs> We're all special and I'm just mm-hmm. like Or what is it nobody special or everyone's special? Do you remember? It it's one of those two. I know the moment you're talking about. Yeah. And I agree with you. It has been kinda of slow and there has been a few little cringy moments. But my I think the what I was going to say, though, is one of the things I've thought about in the last month since His Dark Materials came out is, is television really like, you know, in the beginning, I thought television is probably the best way to adapt a book because you can put so much time into things, right? But now I'm wondering, like, I don't know, maybe you can also drag a book out when it doesn't need to be dragged out, too. Like, I feel like that could be a risk as well. And I'm wondering if that was the case with, like, Looking for Alaska or any of the other adaptations you saw. Did they feel like they were well-paced and, like, TV was the right medium for them? Yeah, I think it was, what was surprising for me is that Looking for Alaska is, like, is such a short book that 
I was kind of worried about, I think it was eight episodes. I was thought, how are they going to? But they did somehow manage to, like, it got, like, the core, like, heart of the story. But also the literal story on the page. Like, they managed to find a, a good balance to get that. And also they brought in, kind of, like, little aspects that were kind of mentioned or referenced. They added in a lot of that. They fleshed out a lot of the characters. Yeah, I think, like, my impression when I watched the Looking for Alaska series was this is what I want done with all my favorite YA books. And so that it did give me a lot of hope for TV adaptations. I was like, yeah, I, I want this with... Um, even when I think of recent movies that I really liked of some of my favorite books, like Perks of Being a Wildflower, The Hate You Give, like, those were great movies, but it just made me think, like, if we'd have had more time, what would that have looked like in a TV adaptation? Mm-hmm. And And, yeah, genuinely, like, I'm thinking... If my favorite books from 2019, 2018 were being adapted, I would choose TV. I would want to see it done TV as opposed to a movie right now. I think we do have to, if we're talking about TV adaptations from 2019, we do have to have a moment of silence for Shadowhunters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I got partway through the second season and I'm just like, nope, nope, can't do this. They added so many things. I'm just like. Don't turn this into the Outlander series or Game of Thrones. You just add. Oh my gosh! Don't bring up Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, I could rage about Game of Thrones. <clears throat> what you're all saying makes me think too. Maybe the t- the key with these TV adaptations is keeping them short. Like instead of mm-hmm. doing seasons on seasons of things, I think what worked with Looking for Alaska was that it was an eight part series. And even with the pacing in his dark materials right now, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe this should have been eight episodes instead of, I'm assuming it's going to be more than eight episodes. I actually um, think it is eight. Is it eight? Okay, I well, then maybe so. it needed to be four or five or six, you know, like just, just condense it a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking, almost like a mini-series, is that what you call yeah. them? When there's yeah, just like, like a, a few episodes or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, and being willing to just kind of make them longer when they need to be longer, mm-hmm. but like shorter when they need to be shorter. That's kind of yeah. what I'm thinking. And the the guy who wrote his who wrote the screenplay for his dark materials is Jack Thorne, yeah. who did Cursed oh. Child. Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? J.K. Rowling wrote the Cursed Child. <laughs> <laughs> Michael has very strong feelings about all the Harry Potter spin-off things. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. the wizard, Wizarding World spin-off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe what the big takeaway is that books are just best as books. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. We still got a lot to go through. Maybe we'll even cut a couple of them. Uh, what about books you guys are looking forward to? I mean, I know the big one in my mind is the Hunger Games prequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah, although that title, I don't know. <laughs> a bit of a tongue twister. It's a bit long. I think, yep. who was it? Somebody, it might have been Eleanor, who was talking about how a lot of books these days have, like, the blank of blank and blank. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm going to attribute it to the uh, to Game of Thrones, to, like, A Song of Ice and Fire, and it's just, like, a really popular format now. But, yeah, I i don't know. That Obviously, that's going to be a huge book. We'll maybe, potentially, we'll have just an episode devoted to that because it's just like too big to to not talk about right yeah um but yeah that's gonna be a big one i'm probably going to get that like as soon as i can get my hands on it and read it that day that's that's a big one for sure 
Anybody read Shatter Me? The sixth book coming out next year? No? Still I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean that to sound so. <laughs> I'm just surprised. Well, that was one that had ended, isn't it? And then is she yeah. adding on to it? Yeah. Um, it was originally a trilogy, and then she added on to it. So the last book comes out next year. So that's also one I'm really excited about. Um, one 2020 release that I am excited for is um, Yes, No, Maybe So by Becky Albertalli and Aisha Saeed. That one sounds like a lot of fun about these um, uh, two kids who develop crushes on each other cross-culturally while out going door-to-door as part of a political campaign, I think is the is the premise. And so I'm just interested. I'm, I'm pretty into any books that uh, involve youth in their activism or in politics right now. Um, and so it seems like a, I mean, just a really interesting premise, uh, this door-to-door activism being the way that two, two crushes are going to develop or fall in love. So sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so I'm into that. <laughs> I feel like it's probably no mistake that that book's coming out the during an election year. Yeah. In the United yeah. States. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably be more enjoyable to read from afar. Um, <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I honestly don't know how I've forgotten everything. Um, but there's one coming out by an author called Mike Chen who released a book last year. Um, it was kind of a sci-fi. It's not really YA, but it's kind of like the main character's like older. He's like in his thirties or forties, I think. But it did kind of have that YA feel to it. Um, but he's releasing a new book next year called A Beginning at the End, which is kind of like a sort of, I think it's a post-apocalyptic kind of sci-fi kind of thing. That's what I'm really looking forward to, because I really liked uh, his first book, which I forgot the title of. Um, and the other one is also not YA. It's a middle grade, but Erin uh, Bowman, one of my favourite authors, who I think I've spoken about quite a lot, she's releasing a new middle grade book which I've also forgotten the name of because they changed the title recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think it's, I think it's called The Girl in the Witch's Garden, um, but it used to be called Piper Unlimited, I think. So looking forward to those two, uh, kind of something different. Again, trying to read more of like, what I want to read rather than just forcing myself to read mm-hmm. the big YA releases, you know. Other than the Hunger Games prequel, I'm looking forward to um, Veronica Roth's new book. It's not necessarily YA. Um, it's, it's called um, Chosen Ones. I mean, I think she described it as like five teenagers who um, like saved. I don't know if it was like the world, like saved, like let's just say like let's just say like the world from a dark force, and like their lives after, um, like their adult lives after, like, 15 years after they saved the world or whatever, and how it's affected them or something like that. Yeah, now that... I actually forgot that book was coming out, but that one I'm super interested in, too. Just the concept of it. Because I feel like yeah. so often... Yeah, especially in YA, right? You see all these young kids saving the world all the time. This is just such an interesting take to kind of do, like, a what happened after, you know? And start start there, not, like, a spinoff type of... Yeah. Because, I mean... The closest thing we've in the YA world has gotten to that, I mean, as far as I've read, is like the Hunger Games. There's like a huge time jump, 
like at the end of Mocking Jay, we're like, you know, after the revolution and like Katniss and Peeta go back to District 12 and then like, boom, they're married and they have a kid. We don't see like anything like, like in like those, like the in between years. Yeah. Well, one, now that you mention it, that I just finished reading was Rebel by Marie Lu, which is the fourth book in the Legend Not trilogy, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that one takes place like 10 years or something after the final Legend book. And so you kind of get to see what happened to all of those characters um, all that time later. But yeah, I just think it's a super interesting premise. So that's a good one. I totally forgot that was coming out. Yeah. Well, I think we can end our end of the year book tag there, uh, unless there's something else anybody wanted to add. No, I think I'm all 2019 though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd definitely be interested to hear from our listeners, like what books kind of what books made it on your book tag. You know, what what questions would you answer of these? Uh, what was your favorite book? You know, what books are you looking forward to? What books do you think could still shock you? You know, so feel free to reach out. We're on Twitter. I've not been very good at being active on there, <laughs> but we are there. And also, like, thanks to everybody who has reached out because we actually have had people like interacting with us, at least when we last put out an episode and stuff. Also, I think the show will be five years old. Wow. The podcast itself? The podcast, because the podcast is a year younger than the website. It's Some just of, like so weird that like it's, like we've been doing pod, the podcast for five years for half, like, we, for half a decade because we do like we do like <laughs> six or seven podcasts a year. Yeah. Even if it is a bit infrequent, like that, we've been able yeah. to kind of keep it up, and it's been a great way, I think, for all the writers of the website to connect and everything. So mm-hmm. we're happy that you could be part of that now, Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. No, this was really cool. Um, yeah, really need to actually be able to visit with you. It's been fun. Yeah, we hope you'll come back. Yeah, I will. I'm into into podcasting. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I was excited when when you posted that you're recording. I, I'm like, I can get in on that. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to end it here. Thank you for joining us and listening to us, and we will see you guys next year. Bye. 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 Bye.